Welcome back, Bulls Nation, to another episode of the Nothing But Bull Podcast. I'm your host, Derek, and as always, I'm with my main man, Just B. Justin, what's going on? Nothing much. Just forgot to hit that got it button when you started recording, but uh, <laughs> everything's good after a Bulls win. And of course, we have Melissa. Melissa, how's it going? What's up, y'all? Hope you guys are all doing great, staying hydrated, happy after this dub. Melissa finally has a Bulls background. Yay! We did it. We made it. <laughs> Shout out, Derek. It only took me 27 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of games since we last recorded. Five to be exact. Two of them being back-to-backs because the NBA schedule. They, they hate us, but <laughs> more wins than losses, so can't really complain about that one. Um, first game that happened since our last recording was against the Brooklyn Nets. And we saw Io like completely shut down Kyrie Irving. Then he held him to like one of 12 or like two of 12. It, <laughs> that doesn't happen very often to Kyrie. <laughs> And it was the the day of uh, all the drama too. It was a pretty big, <laughs> it was a pretty big game. So a lot of a lot was riding on that game. Wait, what drama was that? Uh, Steve Nash got fired. <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> Kyrie's uh, comments. <laughs> what a day! They had some currently suspended, <laughs> and they gave him like a whole to do list before he can play again. Okay, but really, like, that to-do list, that's a joke, right? Like, you put that out, like, to make everybody aware of what he's not doing so that more people could dogpile on him, right? Because, like, if you were a real organization and you really want his services back and you don't really care what other people are think about the situation, there's no reason why those that information would have leaked. Like, you're trying to, like, pretty much shame him either into either doing what you say or just not playing at all. Like, is anybody else seeing that same uh, thing happening or is it just me? Did you just refer to the Brooklyn Nets as a real organization? <laughs> That's <laughs> my bad. <laughs> it's like a, it's, it's a circus. It is a circus. Um, but, you know, this, it didn't even start with, with Kyrie and this whole entire mess. Like, they, well, first of all, like, everybody has to understand that the Nets did not want him. They wanted Kevin Durant. They took him as a means to get Kevin Durant. But everybody should have been aware of what Kyrie was about when he started saying how it doesn't matter who the coach is. Like, we can coach ourselves. Like, you know, I can coach. Uh, KD can coach. Uh, maybe Jacques Vaughn will coach too. Like, you know, it, it started with that and it just continued to spiral downhill after the whole entire COVID debacle. Um, 
before the COVID debacle, him just not not wanting to play in in the bubble and just you know quitting on teammates, um, ghosting everybody for an extended period of time, and then people are kind of surprised that like the latest thing that has gone on with him, which they shouldn't be because if they were paying attention, should have seen this kind of behavior coming from him. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, Nash released that statement after he was fired. Uh, and they said it was an agreement. They agreed upon it. What? <laughs> that is the most happiest letter I've seen after somebody just lost their job. Mm-hmm. Like he was so ready to get out of there. But he's still getting paid, right? I mean, so what's you're away from the circus, you're still getting paid. So hey. <laughs> it was I mean, hey, Io, like I said, locked up Kyrie, uh, made him look like he did not belong in the NBA. And consequently, now he's not playing, but <laughs> So Zach dropped 29. Uh, DeMar had 20. P. Will played some good defense on Durant. So did Derrick Jones Jr. Uh, Bulls won that aggressive. game. Yeah, Pat was aggressive. Bulls won that game. And the Nets look like a circus. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if they blow it up. After the game, Katie said the Bulls got some special players over there. So. When everything goes downhill, Katie, go ahead and request that trade to Chicago. What's that? Uh, <laughs> that meme of uh, what is that? Uh, the Rick James meme where he's <laughs> like coming like <laughs> the Dave Chappelle, Rick James. Chappelle one, yeah. No, but honestly, like Io, he he does that, right? I mean, he locks up really good point guards like that's just what he's been doing since he's coming to the league and shout out to p-will p-will is finally having his bruce leroy moment um and for those of you who did not grow up in the 80s and don't know what we're talking about like go watch the last dragon because you're missing out but um yeah that's when pat started playing aggressive and started acting like he actually belonged in the league so so the start of some good things for them yeah, I was pretty excited by that. He he looked like he was respecting his game. He was super aggressive that game. And it kind of was the beginning of it somewhat. Not the beginning of it. The beginning of it was that challenge game uh, on Ed's birthday. But, uh, and then what Zach had, I think like 20 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Was it? Zach went off. He just went nuts in the fourth quarter. So that was really, that was really, really nice to see. Obviously, it was great to see. And it was on national TV. Yes. <laughs> the yeah, the, um, unfortunately, the TNT Bulls only refers to the Bulls playing home games on TNT. That was an away game, but still looking like the TNT Bulls who have mm-hmm. twenty one straight wins on TNT. Um, the next game we had was against the Charlotte Hornets and the game had no balls. No Lonzo, <laughs> no Lamello. I was wondering where you were going for, for that from I was like what <laughs> no Lonzo, no Lamello. 
<laughs> but it was a back to back, and it was the first Bulls back to back win in those back to back situations. And you know that one, it like we dominated the Hornets that game. Zach had ten points. Demar had nine. And we actually didn't have a slow start either that game. Yeah. Javante Green was our highest scoring player with 17. Pat had 16. Vooch had 14. And Dragic had 16. So very encouraging to see some nights Zach and DeMar don't have to do all the work. Yeah, it's very encouraging. Again, like once um, Pat just realized like he could just body people down low, get to the basket and just dunk on people, um, it was a wrap. Because it, it, to me, it was kind of a tie. In that game, it was like, who was the better player? Was it Javante or was it Pat? Um, but like statistically, like <laughs> Javante didn't miss a shot. So... <laughs> <laughs> he scored 17. Um, but yeah, I was just really impressed with the team overall because this is the type of like statement win that you want to see from this Bulls team that is basically trying to let everybody know that they've arrived. Like they're on, like they're the new kid on the block, so to speak, and that, you know, they can pretty much hoop with anybody. Uh, when we had this discussion, earlier on and we were talking about the depth that the Bulls had, I remember a lot of our guests were pretty much trashing having Drummond and Gorin and just a lot of negativity. Well, I don't want to say negativity, but it just wasn't positive. So if you want to call that negativity, then whatever. But yeah, like this is the kind of game, like it really highlights how many good players the Bulls actually have on their team. Because as you brought out, the main guys, um, DeRozan and Levine, they scored 19 points between the two of them. So to come out with that type of win, um, even though it was at home, but just to like put your foot on the your foot on the neck of that team and just pretty much dominate from the second quarter on, it was a, an impressive win for them. I love seeing Pat play aggressive again. Um, he had a really great game and I, I really liked seeing um, Dragic like his presence is just it's invaluable his vet presence his IQ goes crazy and he's still athletic considering everything but we saw a lot of really nice passes from him too and that that funny little trick pass too, that, that OG trick pass on the inbound that was that was a yep. <laughs> that was entertaining to watch but overall in general just his his IQ just seeing him see those windows and getting passes through um, that was really great. It was it was so nice to see. It's such a great pickup, such an underrated signing too. Yeah, and of awesome. course, Bench Mob did their thing. Also, uh, was Zach's first time playing in a back to back this season. Um, did he play the next game? He played the next game too in Boston, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so he he played three straight games in a short time period. Even though he was a little slow one, but yeah, Javante <laughs> seven to seven, and Stacy pointed out the last bull too that was 
Cristiano Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> he called him the great <laughs> Cristiano Felicio. And Adam like lost it. <laughs> Man, he was great at stealing money. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> so yeah, we 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 caught a uh caught a L to Boston in the garden. Wasn't that happy about that? Because we played them close the whole game. Uh, went down to the wire. <coughs> Demar had forty six. Booch had twenty four, and like, yeah, Booch had a solid game. I think he had like, was that the game that he had four? I think he had four. He hit four out of five of his threes that game. Yeah, he had 24 and 12, 4 or 5 from 3. Mm-hmm. How did we lose that game? Yeah, that was an interesting game because, like, we outshot them and we shot more three pointers, but we still lost. Um, and it really that came, it came down to like just rebounding and, um, I think it was like points in the paint. I, I think that they were doing a pretty good job in that particular regard. Um, I thought that this was one of the better games defensively, actually, that Pat played, even though he was like quiet. Like when he was guarding Tatum, Tatum went eight for 23 in that game. Um, you know, he didn't really stand out as much as far as like scoring the ball with efficiency, but as, from what I remember from that game, like they just kept getting to more rebounds than we did, even though, you know, they only out rebounded us by two. um, They just got the rebound at key moments throughout that game. Um, I remember um, there was a lot of people who were bashing a Billy because I think it was um, Pat who ended up with like that chance to like tie it with the three pointer at the end. Mm-hmm. And I was one of those people, like, because initially I was like, why is he taking that shot? Like, why didn't, like, they find, you know, at least Vooch, who was shooting the ball very well from three in that game. Then I, like, sat back and I kind of reflected and I thought, you know, <clears throat> in these types of games, if you expect Pat, um, like, we all hope he will be, like, to be part of their future and part of that core that helps the team moving forward. He's got to experience games like this, like where it's high pressure, especially at the end. Now, he didn't execute the way we had all wanted him to. In fact, I think, uh, didn't he have like a couple of turnovers in that game? It was like four turnovers. Yeah, four turnovers and just kept traveling the ball. Like every single moment. I think he had three travels. Yeah. Yeah. He, He had some costly turnovers that game. But he has to be there. Like a young player, if he's that guy who was supposed to be that defensive presence that helps kind of clean things up, especially with Booch in there, he's got to experience these types of growing pains. And you kind of, you kind of have to just take the bad with the good. And I'd rather see him like experiencing this now, as opposed to just trying to work him in like, you know, later on during the year. And he doesn't get that experience in these type situations like he did with that last game. I agree. I'm with you hundred percent. I was, I was of course 
upset that he missed that pivotal three, but happy that he took it. I mean, he was wide open, but um, I, I feel the same way. He, he has to learn how to to uh, take those moments in stride and build from them. And I'm just happy that he actually had the confidence to take it. They're not all going to fall, but the more he gets the hang of being in those situations, those are just going to grow his game. Hopefully they should. I didn't see him, you know, you don't see him, you didn't see him cowering away from it. So I take that as a positive, even though it's not the result we wanted. Um, especially he did get kind of sloppy towards the end, but overall I'm happy. I'm happy that he actually took that shot. Um, our bench didn't do so great that game either. I think we only had 15 <clears throat> bench points. Um, and no, no Drummond being there, we really missed him a lot. We really felt, we really felt that um, on the boards and just rim protection and who had a, who had a monster game against us, a monster game, Luke, Luke Cornett. Yeah. Like. Um, but I think that, that was the biggest thing for me too, just uh, even though that's not the result that we wanted, I, I'm still happy that Pat took that last shot. Not the last shot, but that three. The rebound, though, that was kind of painful. That rebound we really needed, but uh, what Jason Jason ended up getting that rebound. <laughs> it over there. But it's interesting, like the that re the rebound before. You know, he came up with a very big rebound. Uh, it was him and and Smart going for the ball and. You know, Pat just pawed it up in the air, like, you know, just like an animal, just like grabbed the rebound. In fact, I thought like Smart had like hurt himself severely with the way he was down on the on the court like that. Um, but yeah, you, you want to have him go through those experiences because that's the only way he's going to grow. Um, and it was it was even though he didn't have like the best game offensively and he may had those turnovers. It was very like solid the way he was actively engaged defensively. He got beat a couple of times, but you know the effort was there, so that was very encouraging. Yeah, the fact that he was playing defense on Jason—that's something that we can take away from that. That's positive, for sure. How do you not make coaching adjustments? To not get constantly cooked by Luke Cornett. For real. He he made some adjustments in like the very beginning of the game, but after that, I didn't really I didn't really see too much action. But in the very beginning, he made who is not having a great game in the very beginning of the game. Anyways, he made he made some adjustments in the very beginning, but yeah, after that. You got out coach by a guy who isn't even a head coach. The substances don't have a coach. They have an interim coach. He came and he out-coached Billy and got Luke Cornett to light up the Bulls. Luke Cornett, the guy who could not get off the bench when he was here. Revenge game. And Luke Cornett should not go together. It doesn't sound possible. It doesn't sound logical. It just doesn't sound right at all. Yet it happened <laughs> because you couldn't figure out how to stop Luke Cornett. 
Yeah, he had like his best game statistically in one game, probably against us versus like an entire season. (laughs) I do. I get, you know, like Billy, he's trying to like have this read and react offense. And, um, you know, he wants the players to, I don't want to say like just figure it out amongst themselves, but to kind of like read the plays and be able to make the plays off of whatever the defense is giving them. And yeah, I, I slammed Billy for that game and for a couple of other games that the one thing I will say is that in years past and even last year, the bulls would not have come close to winning this game. Um, the Celtics gave maximum effort. Like the Celtics could not have played any better. And I don't think that they played that great because if we had Drummond in there, if we had a couple more guys, if um, Zach is healthy, because um, let's face it, Zach could not get around Cornette. He couldn't get around Hauser. So, you know, like Zach knee wise, he wasn't necessarily um, in the best physical frame of mind, so to speak. Um, And I think, you know, this, just highlights like the Bulls have so many weapons that they can come close to winning a game like this, that they probably should not have come close to, to winning, but yeah, you got to be able to make adjustments like quicker than what he did. Um, Like we were talking about before that came down to DeRozan just decided he was going to take over the game and just start making plays and hitting shots, not necessarily anything that Billy did to kind of stifle or stop what the uh, Celtics were putting out there. Um, but again, I see positives with this team, like even defensively, like for us to be, what are we like in the top top five or something like that from a defensive rating? Yeah. When Levine and Williams and Booch and um, Io and um, Williams, when they're all out there, that starting lineup is, is really good defensively. So I can't like, dogpile on everything that Donovan has done as as much as I would like to but you got to make adjustments like Derek said like he didn't make the proper adjustments and wound up costing them a game yeah a game where DeMar basically said okay I got to go out there and win this game because this guy's just going to chew his gum so let me go make some shots. <laughs> it's yeah. like we we seen that a lot last year where Demar's just like, I gotta win this. This was very much a last season game for sure. Let's. Yeah. I said the same thing. Like you, we know he can do it. We love that we can do it. We but we don't. He shouldn't have to do it. Like it, it should be. It, he shouldn't have to. He shouldn't have to carry like that. And how how many more games? Can you do that for who knows? Um, we know he's he's definitely capable of it. He's he's got that dog in him. But do we want him to keep doing that? No, of course we don't want it. Because we have to also learn how to beat defense too, which we saw with the Raptors game. Um, they're just gonna figure it out, just trap DeMar if we don't have Zach available for whatever reason. Hopefully that doesn't become the case since our schedule is gonna be a lot easier on us, but we don't want we don't want Demar to have to snap off like that. Right, and like Zach 
he played the back-to-back and then he played that game and was one game in between. So that's the first time he played a back-to-back and then another game that quick this season coming off that knee surgery. So he, he had tired legs. I mean, he did what he could, but as you said, he couldn't get around Cornette because his legs were tired. So he, he set out the uh, game against the Raptors in Toronto. Another game that was right there for the taking. But, of course, Nick Nurse, who is a actual coach, who was won an NBA championship, outcoaches Billy. Because they <coughs> double-teamed Damar and Vooch every single time either of them caught the ball. This is the type of defense that the Bucks played on DeMar in the playoffs last year. Why, as a coach, can you not tell your players how to operate to break a trap? The one thing I will say, like, in those games that I've watched with the Raptors, and this is, like, I don't know, like, how Billy coaches from like every minute, like what he's doing on the sideline. I can't see every ang- angle he's on my TV. <laughs> Recipe. But you saw like the last game that they played and this game, Nurse is up and about like calling out plays for his players to run on defense and on offense. It was like that dude did not sit down. Um, and I'm just wondering, like, when all of this stuff is happening with the Bulls, where, like, they go through these lulls or, you know, the offense isn't quite clicking or they're missing assignments on defense, I don't see Billy doing that. I just, you know, the camera spans over to him, and, like, one time he was picking his ear. Um, and I thought, well, okay, is it just me? But, like, you know, somebody on Twitter, like, pointed out that same exact reference. I just wonder, like, and again, I've seen improvements for this team, but I just wonder, like, is Billy that guy that's going to coach his team to try to win every single game? Or is it just going to be a, hey, you guys kind of figure it out? It's very much a, hey, you guys figure it out. If you watch any of, like, if you watch any of the post-game conferences, press conferences, the pressers are all about the same. I mean, he doesn't really speak much on his game plan and what what adjustments he made. It's he's he gives props to the players. It's like Demar really did great. You know he's great under pressure and da 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 whatever. You know he's he's giving props to the players, but there there's never any mention on like adjustments that were made or how they overcome overcame certain situations. It's always just him giving props to certain players for certain things they did and very much like like blanket statements. Uh, we didn't do so well here, but no no talk about what his part in the coaching was. So, or, or what his part is or what his plans are for like, you know, the next, of course, you're not supposed to say too much, but nothing he ever says in the pressers have much to do with coaching. It's just about what the players did like on their own free will and accord based off of like whatever they're doing, reading, reacting, but nothing much about plans <laughs> at all, at least from every presser that I've seen. And I've seen almost all of them. Because there are no plans. 
<laughs> read and react offense. I refer to it as I'm just saying random offense. That's that's his play call. It's random offense. This one. I I will say that I, I will give him that he does he has called some plays for Patrick, and that's yeah. why he's been playing better. Because as I said before, <laughs> some guys need plays called for them. The moment he stopped just thinking Pete Will is going to fit into this random offense and called a couple plays for him, we've seen Pat be aggressive. Mm-hmm. Now, Pat has been overly aggressive at times, so he has to learn that that balance of when to be aggressive and when to be smart. But it's better than being invisible because your coach isn't calling anything that will help you out. <laughs> so I, I will give Billy that he has called a couple plays for Patrick. His late game play calling still non-existent. Yeah, I remember when like because I'm you know I was in South Florida uh, for most of the time here. I remember like when the um the Heat, they hired Spolstra, young coach, um, had not coached at that level before. And I remember when the Heat came to, together with um, that big three that they had, there was a lot of talk of whether or not Pat Riley would come from the stands and coach the team because he had done it before with um, Van Gundy. And I remember Spolstra, he said that there was one time when he was going back to his room that Pat had a list of times where he should have called a timeout or times that he should have gotten a technical foul or just like, you know, just different notes that he was passing along. But that was for a young coach. I like, what do you do for Billy Donovan? He's not a young coach. Like there are certain things that, you know, you should already have that in your head because like, just like we're like talking about, hey, you should have called a timeout here. Or we're, we're talking about, hey, look, he should have gotten on the refs here, maybe even gotten the tech, you know, something to get his his the minds of his players right. Like, we can see that. But, like, I wonder, like, what is that relationship with the front office in him? Like, does he just – does he have, like, just this free reign to, like, create this offense where he's not really calling plays or like are they expecting that like I'm, I'm just wondering what that relationship is mm, I don't know like Mark and AK are like at away games and certainly home games so like they're watching the team Um I don't know if they make a list like should have called a timeout here time out here because you know neither of them were coaches like Pat Riley is one of the greatest coaches of NBA history so I don't know if they would think to go and tell Billy should have called a time out here 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 shouldn't have challenged this <laughs> like, yeah but you, you feel like how we talk about it and we know we're not coaches either like you 
just watch the game enough, like you can kind of pick up like the ebbs and flows of a game of like when you should interject something. <laughs> but there are times where like the lead is already ballooned and you know the team has already lost its identity. Um, perhaps like Vooch was going well in the first half, but like everybody just completely ignores him. Um, you know, for a time period, it's like we're watching these games and we can pick up on it. Like, I would think that somebody else would be in Billy's ear, like, hey, look, you know, we got to, like, um, you know, go back to that that six foot 11 guy who's torching everybody. Um, he's kind of hard to miss, um, but he's kind of like hanging out around the perimeter. So just, I don't know if you, do you remember like last night where I was like, they got to get the ball back into Vooch. <laughs> it was like on the next play, guy back in the Vooch. The lead was going down. They got a, a great shot at the rim. And like everything just started to settle back down when Toronto was going on their run. So I'm like, if we notice these things, I would hope that somebody in the front office or someone on Billy's staff kind of has his ear to call that out too. Yeah, I was going to say that's kind of one of the assistant coaches. And like, I never see them talking to Billy. That's the thing. I, it's <laughs> like, where's the communication at? No one's talking to each other on that bench. They're just kind of looking around, enjoying that great seat that they have of the game. It's like, we have Mo Cheeks out there as an assistant coach. You would think if anybody could go and talk to Billy and say, hey, you might want to do this, it would be Mo Cheeks, but he's usually just sitting there on the bench too. Yeah, it's hard to understand. And it and uh not of of course I do think that Billy should be accountable for his lack of coaching, his lack of timeouts in the proper situations and just being so late sometimes and not stopping momentum when the other team's up. But but that that game, it's just like they miss a lot of fundamentals too. As a professional basketball player, you should also know to come get the ball. Like if we're talking about the first the first game against the Raptors when Demari just kept getting trapped, people weren't really moving. Like nobody was really moving to help him to go run to the ball or or yep. just just kind of waiting. So yeah, <laughs> Coach Billy should definitely be held accountable for that. But at the same time, like those are also fundamentals too. Like you just know. That's just what you learn. Any anybody that's ever played basketball, that's kind of just common sense. If you're not even coached, that like you run to the ball, you help the person that's getting trapped, and at least that you know they made their adjustments the second game. But the first game, I mean, it shouldn't have even that shouldn't have happened. Like the entire game, they were running the same thing over and over again. And again, with us experiencing that, as Derek said last year with the Bucks, especially in the series was the same thing. Like DeMar is just getting double teamed the whole time, but nobody's running to help him. Like there's no off ball movement at all. So. Like he used um, Caruso to break the trap a couple of times, but Caruso was not having a good game. He was having a bad off. It was terrible. It was a terrible (laughs) game. I'm like, so if you see every time they're sending two guys at DeMar, they're sending two guys at Vooch. Use that. That means they're always going to scramble. So use Vooch to break the trap at the free throw line. When you throw 
Damar makes the pass to Vooch. The two guys are still with Damar. Then you're going to send two at Vooch. Somebody should be cutting towards the basket then for Vooch to make a pass to. It should have been that easy. Uh, you could have left Goran Dragic in instead of AC since AC was terrible that game. Dragic could have been open knocking down threes. We could have won that game. We were up six in the fourth quarter, and Billy let us completely lose the lead before he called the timeout. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting there like, what are you doing? How do you not see, okay, the lead, we were up six. It's, that's not a big lead in the NBA. Four, two, okay, timeout, no. He waits till we go down to, and he's like, all right, guys, come here, timeout. Mm-hmm. The momentum is the Raptors at that point. And you're still not changing what to do and telling somebody, you have to cut. You have to go to the ball to help. You can't just stand around. Nothing. We lose the game, and we should not have. Yeah, they completely lost their composure. It was it was my favorite word. It was chaotic. It was super <laughs> chaotic. Everybody was just scrambling, not knowing what to do. Now, the thing is, I will say <clears throat> about not turning to Dragic, and this is not a cop out or anything, but you have to consider if they're playing, you know, a back-to-back, there's probably only so many minutes that you're going to play him if you already know that you don't have Kobe and you didn't know necessarily if you were going to have Levine that night. Cause I, I think um, it was yesterday. Like we didn't know until late that Levine was definitely going to be playing in that game. So one of the things that you do have to monitor is how many minutes that Dragic is going to be playing because of his age. Um, but yeah, the thing is like this team is, is weird. And like, I want, I want them to use like their better judgment as professionals. And I also want for Billy to coach like how we should think of a coach who's competent doing like making adjustments. But like the thing that's weird is like, okay, you're playing this back to back. They're not having a practice the next day after this game. So it's like what happened in between because it was like night and day. (laughs) <laughs> like the game that we watch, like they made those reads where it's like common sense tells you, as Mel said, oh yeah, he's being trapped. Let's run to the ball. Um, let's get into the middle of the defense because he's being trapped and we swing the ball around, have somebody who's cutting to the basket is going to, you know, result in an easy bucket for this team. There are times that this team, just for whatever reason, gets away from their offensive identity. And this team is best when they are getting into the paint all the time. Um, As those switches go, you know, you get the ball to to Vooch. That kind of like softens up the defense, which is going to make it easier on those guys around the perimeter. Uh, to do their thing and for Io, if he's sees like there's an opening which the Raptors do not have a shot blocker so you should be attacking the rim all the time and we saw that with this particular game and it was like okay yeah so we want Billy to coach more 
but like some of this is just common sense. Like, I don't know how to call like NBA plays, but it's like, we're watching the games. You didn't have a practice that day. So somebody must've said something of, Hey guys, you might want to do this. Thankfully that next game, it resulted in a lot better effort. You saw guys who were getting their hands up in defensive stance, which is something that like, it kind of like ebb and flows with this team, but like, you just saw guys who were just reacting, reacting, reacting. The switching was a lot better. The spacing offensively and the spacing that they were, the angles that they were forcing the Raptors to take defensively were so on point. And it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, Billy can teach you this, but it's kind of just like common sense things that you should be doing on your own. So better effort the next game. That's all I'll say. For sure. Zach went off. He had 30 points and he's, he it, it had to do with all that ball movement too, the quick touches and DeMar just kind of, he was okay, you know, not contributing on, on the side of the points, but um, they knew how to work it this time. They were just swinging the ball around a lot quicker and Zach was able to get into these like catch and shoot situations, which we know he's really great at. And he can make his own, he can make his own shots too, which, which makes, he's really hard to guard. We, we know that. So you also had, a, I think we had a, we did a lot better on rebounds too this time around, mm -hmm. but to your point, like just having Vooch in the paint more, which we always harp about just him being in the post more and him being the facilitator from the paint. We, we did much better in points in the paint too. So they figured it out. And like you said, it was, it was night and day from the day from the game prior so at least that's a good takeaway. At least they learn from it. And that's what we wanted. And we want them to learn all these things earlier in the season versus later, which it was the opposite last season. And when we get our guys back, like bigger picture, when we get everybody back and knock on wood, we have everybody healthy. It's only going to get better from here. That's all we want to see is them improving game over game. And hopefully it's on a consistent trajectory, but at least from this one, the positive takeaway is that they adjusted where they needed to. Um, I think Isla and Pat got pulled the first quarter. They weren't doing that great. So Billy, Billy also made an adjustment there, um, which was good. Dragic, um, Dragic was subbed in and woo, and they did much better. But overall, everybody did great. I think uh, DJJ had, he had a lot of rebounds. I, I think he had maybe six or eight or something. I have Pat here with six rebounds. Alex had six boards. And the Raptors, they contained the Raptors' offensive rebounds too, which made a big difference. They didn't have those second chance opportunities either. I think they only had, uh, I had this down somewhere. 31 rebounds, and we had 49. And they only had six offensive <coughs> boards. The Raptors only had six offensive boards. So there goes their second chance opportunities. Um, but And then Vooch just playing like a big man. Just playing to that advantage, knowing that like he he's got mismatches all over the paint, so that's what we love to see. Vooch playing big, and everybody contributing and yeah. moving. Like there was off ball movement; people were moving. Yeah, that first Raptors game, uh, Dragic had a season high in minutes. He beat that the next game. He should have been playing instead of Caruso because 
it, 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 the, apparently the minutes didn't matter. The more Dragas plays, the better we play. <clears throat> but what changed that second game wasn't Billy. We had Zach. You can't double Zach, Vooch, and Amari. There's no way you can send two people at three people all game. And then DeMar's like, all right, all right, no, they're not going to let me beat them. I'm going to make sure my guys beat them. He took six shots. Mm -hmm. They couldn't do that trapping because DeMar wasn't shooting. You had Zach going off. Uh, It said people were cutting because one thing that Billy did do was get Javante and Dragic in the game earlier. Dragic, who knows how to run a team, and Javante, who knows how to cut. He didn't he didn't call anything different. He didn't call any plays. It was just the players. And you know, like Mel said with his post-game comments last night, um he was basically just giving praise to DeMar which shows that he knew it wasn't anything that he did it was DeMar going out there and making passes Uh, the exact quote was DeMar's performance was a total give himself up for the benefit of the team night it's a reflection of his greatness That sounds more exactly like DeMar decided this is how we're going to beat this team. Mm -hmm. Is no game plan that Billy just came up with overnight or was like, hey, we should be cutting more. No, Billy just went to the store before the game, got a fresh pack of gum, sat there, chewed, and was just happy he didn't have to seem angry at the refs because we were pretty much blowing the Raptors out. I, I want to go with you there, Derek, but I can't because like, yes, DeMar did get his guys involved, but they were also cutting, you know, they were doing cuts. I'm, I'm not saying that it is Billy who like made them cut. But what I am saying is that as a team, they played smarter. I don't know who gets the benefit of that because it's not you, like in that game, <laughs> in that game, Nurse was doing the same thing that he was doing in the first game, just trying to trap people. And yeah, it didn't work because, you know, they were moving the ball. And not only were those guys getting the ball out of position, like away from the defenders, but guys were actually reacting. So something must have happened. Like, I don't know who did what, but it was improvement. Um, I'm, you know, I want to go with you, but I don't, like, I, I, I understand what you're talking about. DeMar did do, you know, exceptionally well with making the right reads and making the right plays. But just as a team, like the whole entire energy of the team was totally different. The way those guys were reacting on defense was totally different than the way they were reacting on that first game with the Raptors. 
So I don't I don't know who gets credit for it. I don't care who gets credit for it as long as the Bulls are actually doing something to improve. Because, like, let's face it. We say that the Bulls should have had more wins, and they should have had more wins. However, this has not been an easy schedule that this Bulls team has faced with these back-to-backs and with going up against these teams that are going to be, you know, as we all think, in the playoffs, one of them being a team that played for the championship last year, hasn't been an easy stroll for them. So it is encouraging seeing that the Bulls have been in the games that they've even lost, you know, up until the last few moments of the game where just like a quick reaction or a play, you know, could have like determined the outcome for them in a positive way. But, you know, we see improvement and that's, that's all I'm going to take from it. Yeah. Bigger picture overall. I'm in the same boat. I'm, I'm always in this positivity overall, bigger picture. I am super happy with how the teams progressed this season over last season. And again, knowing that we're missing, some key players and they played pretty good even with Dre being out and we don't even have Zoe back and Zach's not like fully ramped up yet. We, we saw him play well, but you know, a few games back, he was still, he, he didn't have his full game there. He wasn't like slashing, but um, overall though, the feeling is good. Overall, the feeling we're, I'm feeling really positive about the team. It, what It's just the things that are frustrating is that it seems like it's just these little minor errors where if somebody would have stepped in and said something or done something different, that's how we, we would have taken these games. And that's why it's frustrating because it's just small little errors, but in the grand scheme of things, again, I am happy to make these mistakes earlier in the season versus late. And in light of how tough our schedule has been to start off with in comparison to some of the other teams, like we've had a lot of games in comparison to the other teams and we've, we have pretty tough competition in the East. So I'm the same way overall. I'm, I'm, I'm happy about everything. It's just frustrating to see these like small errors cost us the game where, where there should have been adjustments done and everything was just, it was just, we were just playing the same way and, and not, and not solving for things. And, but um, again, seeing the second Raptors game over the first, I'm very happy with that. I'm happy that they learned and adjusted, but um just like to see a little bit more involvement from the from the coaching staff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Can't we not be happy with this team. We're at 500. Uh, nobody would have gave us being 500 through a tough schedule, back-to-back, Zach sitting out, Dre's hurt, Kobe's hurt, Nozo. It's just that we could have had more wins had we had competent coaching. Like I said, I give Billy no credit for those adjustments. That was DeMar. If anybody said anything about, hey, when I'm going to try to come up, it was DeMar. It's not Billy. Billy's not coaching. That's that's my frustration with it because we have a head coach who does not coach. And had he actually coached, we'd have a better record than what – we do right now, even though six and six is pretty good. Um, we're we're like what six in the East because I think we're a game behind the Raptors for fifth. So, oh, they're a playing team. This is a temp seed scene. No, it's not. 
Yeah. yeah, does anybody look at this team and think like, okay, we're behind the Raptors? Anybody think the the Raptors are like light years ahead of us? No. Like we're not even at full strength. Like the Raptors aren't going to get any better. Mm-mm. You know, they're not going to make any trades that are going to bring in some exceptional talent. Like they are who they are. They're an athletic team that doesn't have any size. We have athletes and we have size and we have a bench. Um, and we're going to get players coming back. So I don't look at any of these teams as being so much further ahead than us. Like even with Boston, Boston, like you said, they don't have their head coach. They don't have like their best, like one of their best defenders on their team. Who knows when Williams is going to be back for Boston. Um, they're not going to be that much better. I mean, they added pieces with Brogdon, but offensively, I don't even know if they necessarily needed more offense or they needed more defense. This team that the Bulls have put together is legit. They are learning, and they have young players who are figuring things out with how to support the vets on the team. So, you know, it's a, it's a lot of exciting thing that's happening with this team especially moving forward, we are not playing so many back-to-backs. Yeah, we don't play another back-to-back till December 10th and 11th. And Zach commented last night and said, if it was up to him, he'd have played every game because mm-hmm. he feels fine. But now that there's no back-to-backs and there's a game, a day off or two days off between games, he said, you'll see me in the lineup. So, you know, for this stretch, we're going to have Zach. Um, Dre is questionable for tomorrow. So he seems like he should be back, if not tomorrow, maybe the game after. We had Dre. We win those couple games we lost. Especially if we had Dre and Kobe, <laughs> who is taking dribbles and shooting and making shots. <laughs> who would have thought? <laughs> so, and then uh, they said Lonzo's running in water. Everything is very, very optimistic about him making a return so when you get Zoe back and Io is off the bench it's a wrap for the East it's how I see it yeah I feel the same even Val coaching we that's the thing like we have all the talent we're, we're stacked we have a, a deep bench we've got some fire starters off the bench and i was had all this experience because of the situations we've been in the last since last season he's he has so much experience now under his belt and again like i've said this before even when zo comes back it's i'm cool with i still starting here and there while he ramps up like he's he's grown so much over these last two seasons where you're confident with him starting so I overall it's just exciting overall it's just really exciting with what this team's going to be able to do um we have all the talent there again minor tweaks would be nice um 
just some guidance on how to better utilize the, the skills that we have and the tools that we have because we're stacked. We have somebody for almost everything. Of course, we can do better on our shooting, but um, get that three the three-point field goal attempts up. But other than that, we're looking great. Future is looking bright. It's just how much time do we have? Like, what what is our window right now? We, we have to... Uh, Coaching would just be fantastic. <laughs> a little bit of coaching, just a little bit. Yeah. I think he was okay last season. I think he did. I think he did an okay job last season for what we had for it being our first season together. I think, I think he was sufficient. But um, for what we want to do from here going forward, I do think that things need to change. Whether it's him or just somebody completely different but whatever it is now can be a lot better on the coaching side of things. Yeah. I mean, when we think about where this team was at before Billy got here and then just the amount of turnover that has happened with this roster and it's like, even when you're looking at the roles that we're expecting, like there, there's a lot of people who are thinking that, you know, Pat was going to come in there and average like 15 and eight or 15 and 10, like something like that. Like this is his second year. And but when his first year, it was just like, hey, you're big. You can defend. Go out and guard the, the best player on the other team. We're not expecting you to do much. Now to like expect him after missing his second year to turn into a two-way player, that's, you know, that's a pretty big jump. Like if you're just asking Pat to just, hey, go out there and score, Okay, maybe, but we're we're clamoring for him to do both, and that's not an easy uh, task to do when you're such a young player coming into this league, trying to learn your opponents that you're going to be facing on a nightly basis. Um, some of the guys make it look easy, like Io has made what he's doing kind of just look easy when it's it's really not, especially playing at that position. But the thing is, this year the game is just wide open. Like you, I don't know anybody who can say, yeah, this is the team that is going to be winning the championship. I mean, like how many wins do the, the jazz have? I think like what nine wins or something like that. I, I, I don't think that what's that. I think they're eight and three. They're eight and three. So like nobody can tell us that, Oh yeah. Every team is doing exactly what we expected them to be doing. Um, I look at that Hawks team, seven and three. I, I don't think the Hawks are so much better than this Bulls team and what they have in their roster. Um, so there's time to like work it out. I mean, it's a good thing because we have the early part of the season and we have that chance to establish that identity and continue to build and build. And hopefully with uh, Zoe coming back, you know, that'll just be another piece that we can add into this team. But this year, especially this year, like it is wide open. So like if the Bulls, if you have that shot, I'd say like go for it as, as hard as you can because anything can happen this year. Yeah, I'm just going to say it right now. The Hawks are pretenders. They're going to drop off. Yeah. I have no doubt about that. <laughs> 
Because who have they played? They haven't played us. <laughs> well, I'll say who have they lost to. Maybe that'll give us a better idea. It's like we all know that Ayo is Trey Young's father. So I know I was just I was just <laughs> gonna say that. I can't wait to see that again. <laughs> I'll never forget that crossover too. Yeah, they lost to Milwaukee, Toronto, and Charlotte. Percenters. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Even last year, Mill, I'm not giving him any credit. <laughs> not even a little bit. No. Because <laughs> he had Zoe. We I, were doing I, good with Zoe and AC. <laughs> When they got hurt, mm-hmm. okay, but it yeah. plummeted. I feel yes, like- we, we did not know. We had an idea of the kind of player that Zoe could be. I don't think that anybody thought that Zoe was going to be what he was on defense because I saw him play for the Pelicans. He wasn't doing that on the Pelicans. And as far as like shooting, like what? What did he shoot? Like forty-two. 41% on threes. Like, he put up some good numbers, but uh, considering that this was a player who, like, a year and a half ago, everybody was like, his shot is broken. There's no way that he's going to be able to do anything with that shot. For him to totally, like, tra- transform his shot and his playmaking the way he did on offense and defense, like, to me, that play kind of came out of nowhere. Like, I don't know if anybody thought that Zoe was going to be as good as he was. Yeah. <laughs> because he was shooting good in New Orleans. And they just weren't using Zoe right. They were using more off-ball of 3 and D. They let him be a point guard here. His defense was always good. But I didn't see him doing that. Yeah, like, granted, Zoe and... AC were so good defensively that you can't completely plan around not having those guys. You got to do something. There should have been some type of plan to help keep this team afloat with them out. Them out, it just went downhill. So, I'm not giving him any credit for last year because he had Zoe for the most first part of the season is when we had like, what we were like 21 and three or something. Like we, we built a good enough lead with Zoe and AC healthy to where we were able to hang on to the sixth spot. We were, we were first. They went out. We were six. Why? No type of coaching to at least keep us three, four, five range. You know, we dropped all the way to six, and people were scared we were going to drop the seven and be in the play-in. I give him no credit whatsoever. <laughs> I give him no credit for any of his time as a coach in the NBA because he had Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, mm-hmm. and then Chris Paul and Shy. Uh, Alexander. 
he's had players who have carried teams for him. I'm not I'm not giving him credit for anything. Show me something, Billy. <laughs> this is not Florida State. This is not NCAA. <laughs> this is University the NBA. of Florida. <laughs> Florida State, University of Florida. All I know is the team was in Florida and they won a championship with Joe King Noah. <laughs> and another thing, Billy, because this has been pissing me off. Why has the spirit of Tom Thibodeau entered into Billy Donovan where he has left these starters out there when they should not be on the floor anymore? Yeah, that ticks me off too. Say it with your chest, Derek. Pardon my language. Say it with your chest. No, it's true. <laughs> it's true. I be tweeting that all the time too. Like, why are they still in? Why are the starters still in? Like, I don't understand. Like, we the game's already it's already decided take them out and let them rest why are we risking injury like what we won yesterday 111.97 why were the starters out there until the final buzzer mm-hmm. why did Dale and Terry get 36 seconds of play mm-hmm. when the game before if you played Daylon Terry a little bit longer, maybe we could have won because he came out there and made an instant impact playing defensively. Even scored. It was two or two. Four points. And you hook him and take him out. He has size. He can defend. The Raptors have a good size. We saw it with Pat getting blocked four times on the first quarter. (laughs) Credit to Pat for sticking with it and getting those two dunks in the fourth quarter. Thank goodness. But why not? You didn't have Zach. If you weren't going to play Dragic because you didn't want to play him so many minutes with playing another game the next day, play Dalen Terry. (laughs) <laughs> with with wait with with those with those forwards that they have, I don't want Dale and Terry playing a whole bunch of minutes versus the Raptors. Like, like you said, like even like with the, and I'm not saying you know like it'll kill Dalen's you know intensity or you know his confidence because Dalen has confidence for days, but like. That's not a game that I want to see you experimenting with Dale and Terry against that team. Um, he did. I don't personally. <laughs> he was and in there. I, I understand. Like he he did play for like you know a couple of minutes, and he you know he made an impact immediately. That's, not, that's not the team that I want him to be out there with. That's <laughs> just me, but I don't I don't want him out there for that reason. And say with their forwards, he can play one, two, or three. He'd have mm-hmm. to be on the Fords. He should have been in earlier. It was a uh, was it the, the uh, Charlotte game? Like he, he he could have been thrown in much earlier than two. Yeah, like in that Charlotte game, like yeah, give him some minutes there, let him feel things out. Um, not against that Raptors team. That's just me. 
they they just seem to have like forwards for days that are just athletic and just can guard anybody one through four. It was the Charlotte game that was really that was a real, one that was really frustrating when they had uh, Billy still had Demar and Booch and super late. And we were blowing them out. Yeah. Way too long. <laughs> it's like of all the things, if he if he decided to go and watch some Tom Thibodeau coaching tape, that was not the takeaway to take. Get up and cuss out the refs if you want to take something from Tibbs. Yell at the players to run plays. Don't leave your starters in when they should not be in the game. Was Zach left in at the end? Uh, no, I don't um, think so. I, could, I couldn't remember. I think Zach was out, but Mar and Vooch were still, still in. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I was just wondering because like, that would have been like a, a shame if we had the guy who had the knee <laughs> problems like out there for an extended amount of time. He was out there last night <laughs> when he didn't need to be. The game was decided. No, that's what I meant, like, as far as him being out there. I think he took Zach out for the last 30-some seconds, and that's when Dalen came in. <laughs> yep. Of course, if you ever want to come on the show, Billy, you are more than welcome. <laughs> we appreciate having a head coach of our team join us at any moment. <laughs> Justin might, wants that to be the last show that we ever do it might be a different kind of show oh my goodness I, I can't I can't man I cannot give him credit for anything hmm. you can give him it's, credit it's, for it's, I'm gonna tell you boiling. exactly and be, that's the thing that's why boiling. everybody's like uh, well it's not boiling Nobody's hey, we, boiling because he was the worst coach in NBA history. Hey, it's a step up. We, a we step have up. seen how poorly things have gotten. So I'm going to give him credit for that. I've we never seen from, anything like that. We went from Tom Thibodeau, cigar formist butt buddy, um, Fred right. Hoiberg, to Jim Boylan. It was definitely was an just, overcorrection. It was an overcorrection from Jim to 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 Billy. So well, of course he's... people were like, "Oh, Billy's not that bad," because we just seen the worst, <laughs> the worst possible coach ever. We lost by fifty six to the Celtics because he took all the starters out at the same time twice that game and said, "I'm not going to double lose." It's not hard to step up from Jim Boylan. Thanks. I think he was, he was he was just okay for last year. That's how I feel about it. He was okay. He did an okay job. And I think just because, only because a player's coach might have been okay considering that was our first season together to kind of just get the team morale up and just uh, help them mesh a little bit more versus looking for them to like execute things that they're not familiar with yet, but not for the season for sure. I just, uh, you see little flashes of hope where he 
he has made adjustments here and there and that one <laughs> that one game where he coached <laughs> i forgot who it we were gets playing the heat. it was the heat yeah he coached he coached that game it was crazy i just don't get how it drops off yeah because that should have been a game that we didn't we shouldn't have won i mean you know you're coming in on their home floor that's their home opener um the crowd was crazy excited there and yeah we we won convincingly in that game because billy was coaching and out coach eric sposter yeah so why can't he do this constantly (laughs) yeah that's what that's what's hard to understand like because we can see we see that he he has it in him like you can do it how do you out coach sposter and then get out coached by whoever is coaching Boston right now. I don't even know the guy's name. Yeah, that's crazy. And get cooked by Luke Cornett. You allowed this, Billy. You allowed Luke Cornett to look like a serviceable NBA player. (laughs) (sighs) Rec League. When he should be with the Shanghai Sharks. Or whatever team that Dwight Howard just signed with. Why are you hating on Taiwan like that? Like the Taiwan what did Taiwan leopards. Do to you? you know that's why. Poor Taiwan, do to you, Derek. The Taiwan leopards is where he should be as a backup to Dwight Howard. Oh boy. So who we got up next? <laughs> We're playing the Pelicans. We play tomorrow. the Pelicans tomorrow. <laughs> we got the Pelicans, and then who? We play the Pelicans, and will Billy come up with some type of plan for Zion? Zion. <laughs> we need That's be a good, good uh, matchup to watch for Pat because. You know, Pat had some pretty decent defensive plays when they first met up. Um, that was over the um, that was like that preseason game, right? That we were looking at, and mm-hmm. you know, he didn't look half bad in that game. Um, so that'll be an interesting matchup. Be uh, Pat's had some like tough matchups, like to begin the year, um, and he's kind of held his own, which has been you know pretty encouraging. But yeah, we have um, New Orleans and then Denver. That's oof. That's not easy. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure we're we'll then New Orleans again. At least we're getting some days off. Yeah. <laughs> we got New Orleans tomorrow. We don't play the Nuggets till Sunday, and then we don't play New Orleans again until the Wednesday. <laughs> so. <laughs> At least we're not playing three games before nights for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, if it was up to you guys, would you have played Zach? Considering what he said that you know, he, if it was up to him, he would want to play. He would have played even those back to backs. If yes. it was up to you, you would have played him. Yes. Absolutely not. I wouldn't have either. No, I, would have. I, I, I don't see anything to gain in him playing those back to bats. Especially if with him not being there, it gives those other guys an opportunity to just kind of show up and 
you know, kind of grow. Um, and I think as the year goes on, we're going to need guys who have confidence. Like there are certain games where the bench did not play very well uh, when they were when they weren't playing at home. You don't expect your bench to always play well when you're on the road, but they need to go through those experiences where they're they need to be relied upon, especially when you're talking about trying to chase a team like the Bucks, um, who that that team has been together for a while, and they you know they execute um, their their coach's game plan very well. Um, but yeah, I don't see anything to gain from having Zach play back-to-backs right now. All of those back-to-backs now. I would have not wanted him to play back-to-backs, but even better, even if he played every game, limited minutes would have been nice, like minute restrictions. But yeah, I, I wouldn't have played him full speed either. For any, I don't, I don't think he would have benefited us much either. I would rather have him at full strength more towards the end of the season. And then what happens, like, you don't want to play, like, you know, the what-ifs, but if Zach injures himself going hard in those back-to-backs, what, like, <laughs> what do you do then? Well, You're already yeah. down Zoe. Um, so, no, I would I would not have taken that chance at all. I 100% would have because he says he's healthy. If he's healthy, you play him. The best ability is availability. And like you said, these get teams like the Bucks who have been together for a while, this is the second year with these players, him in and out of the lineup isn't helping chemistry, especially when he says he feels fine. Play him limited minutes to protect him, yeah, but don't minutes. sit him out because Zach really isn't going hard driving to the hoop that much. He he said it himself. Um, when somebody asked him, he said, you know, Jordan was better when he came back and he was shooting fadeaways and wasn't Air Jordan. He said um, he needs to shoot more catch and shoot threes, just getting more three point volume up. Of course, that's what the team needs. And how many of those losses did we say? We would have won if we had Zach. The doctor said it was no chance of him hurting that knee after that scope. He's just got to play himself into game shape, and you do that by playing. Yeah, he had tired legs when he played the back-to-back and then the other game. He didn't get injured. I get what you're saying. I, I get what you're saying, but I think, like, from an organizational standpoint, when you look at this team's history with knees and like having like key guys go down with these knee problems and the fact of, you know, perception is everything, um, you know, from the outside in, if you're trying to get like free agents to come play at your team, but like there's even a whiff of, you know, organizations putting pressure on guys to play when they're not ready to play. Uh, and we we listen to these players all the time talk about, oh, I was healthy, I, I would have done this. Sometimes you got to, like, save the player from themselves. And I'm not saying that Zach's not healthy or whatever, but it's like with all of that stuff coupled together, plus the perception of not only free agents, but just, like, the fan base that you're trying to, like, build up, you know, 
build up that allegiance. Not that Chicago obviously has a strong allegiance, but you know, a lot of people were turned off by the way they handled some of those injuries in the past. So I think you just play it safe. Um, because at the, in the early part of the year, everybody is still trying to figure things out. There's been so much turnover throughout the whole entire league that a lot of these teams are playing with lineups and, you know, having guys in and out and, you know, just trying to like, just try different things out. You don't get that many practices. I understand, but, um, you know, this early on, I don't see what you are winning. Like what you are winning to me does not outweigh the possible bad that could have happened, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, I was just curious on your thoughts. Yeah, the uh, the as you said, building the fan, the fans if you have not seen have all come out and they're like, "We're paying Zach the max, and he's not even playing." What's the we like? Do they have a frog in their pocket or something? Like you didn't pay anybody anybody anything. <laughs> like if you have not paid seen, Zach any money, these people act like it's their money. Yeah. Well, which I mean, most certainly is in a sense. It <laughs> is because we talk anyways. We're, we talk. We always talk like we're part of the team too. So I mean, in a <laughs> sense, yeah, I, talk, I get that, but not to the point where I'm talking about people's money. Like that's where I draw the line. Like no, in a sense, I don't it's have, their money. <laughs> I don't have anything to do with the amount of money that you are making. Even like with in the a tickets. Sense, the tickets, the merchandise, yeah. the food from the United Center, it all plays a part in it. So, in a sense, they're like, yeah, we're paying like, okay. Zach the mix. What's but the I don't understand the people who sense. are trying. I don't understand <laughs> the people who are trying to save jury money. What's the percentage breakdown of that? Because, like, there's also TV revenue and all of these other things, advertising that goes into, like, what these players are making them like having strong social media pre uh, presences outside of everything like like there's yeah uh, it's like a drop <laughs> in the bucket tv revenue because the people are watching on tv okay but <laughs> the, i'm watching on tv and the people are buying I'm league pass <laughs> everything counts <laughs> Yeah, I don't understand the people that act like it, they're pulling money out of their pocket for Jerry or trying to save Jerry money. It it makes no sense. But as you said, you brought up the fans, and a lot of fans are the fans got a max and he can't even play. I've seen those comments like every time Zach sits out. So people aren't thinking about goodwill or the injury history of a guy whose legs were like degenerating shout out to Derek Rose. Cause he did turn his career around and he's been healthy pretty much since he left the bulls, uh, bulls medical staff who I think we're all like, let go <laughs> when AK took over. Yep. The guy says he's healthy. They they also forget about last year. They forget that he was playing through injury. Yeah, they do. He played through injury. <laughs> like the man was in pain and he was still playing because he wanted to help the team in any way he could. And then he was getting criticized for how he was playing. 
and now he was getting criticized for them sending him out <laughs> when he says he's good to go. Mm-hmm. Like I said, my playing you can limit his minutes, playing 15 minutes a game but, uh, yeah. on a back-to-back. Minute. Him being out there just helps build that chemistry that we've credited other teams with having that helps them get further in the playoffs. Put him in more catch-and-shoot situations like he said that he wants to do more catch-and-shoot. He's relying more on his jumper now than driving to the hoop. Mm-hmm. Like he said, this is what Jordan did. Why not? So I, I understand like being cautious and you agreeing with hey, these are early games, whatever, sit them out. Just my personal opinion, I would play him. I like the minute restriction idea. Like I said, I, I don't want back to back, not full speed. Like the minute restrictions are good. That's what I would want to. Some type of a, so they have that continuity, figure it out with the right lineup. No. You don't need a minute, man. Um, I mean, they, they, they try to. They tried to um, <laughs> hold out Kawhi with the back-to-backs, too, and he's okay. hurt. He's, but he's hurt, and he had a whole year off. That's who people should be getting mad at, is Kawhi. Like, Kawhi, I don't remember the last game Kawhi has even played. I Honestly, I, I forget that Kawhi is even an NBA player. <laughs> um because he doesn't play like he's collected a lot of money for the clip from the Clippers. And how many like I'm, I'm confused as to um, the amount of years that he has been signed for, as opposed to the amount of years that he's actually played in a Clippers uniform. Like, can you imagine getting paid how he is getting paid by not doing anything on the court? Like, that's who people should really be upset with. And I'm not saying, like, they shouldn't necessarily be upset with him, but that's a situation to be upset with. Not what Zach Zach is doing and and not suiting up for certain games. Because Zach is at least out there playing. Like, has Kawhi even played this year? Yeah. Oh, he has? That was my... I wouldn't know, because, you know... (laughs) That was my reference to it, because they were on him not playing back-to-backs, but now he's hurt, even though he was not playing those back-to-backs. So it's kind of like <laughs> Zach could play. <laughs> Just his minutes. Because even being held out, Kawhi's hurt again. I don't know if he's come back yet or they have a timeline for Kawhi, but last I saw, he was still out. Anyway, what do you guys think about, like, the Bulls in the next three games? Like, what kind of record do you see them pulling off? 
Or is it only two? Like, do they only play like two well, games this week? And- yeah, by the time we record again, it'll just be Pelicans and the Nuggets. I'll be happy if we split. Split? Are both of those games at home or are they They're both one, home. one away? Both at home? Falcons at Bulls, Nuggets at Bulls. Mail? 2 0. <laughs> I'm going to go 2 0 too. Surprising. <laughs> I just don't know. The the matchup tomorrow will be tough with that. Zion. I don't know the Billy can game plan against Zion and Jokic. Split. Hopefully they can figure it out. The team will figure it out. And a lot have a lot have, has to do with the if we get Dre back too by tomorrow, yeah, Dre if Dre plays two and zero, and and uh, depending on how Pat feels too, if we get if we still have confident and aggressive Pat, and I think we will. It doesn't seem like uh, I I feel like he's here to stay, as long as the, as I always say, as long as the energy and effort is there, I mean that's all I care about. As long as he's giving it his best, the execution and his efficiency will come later. But him on defense makes all the difference we've been doing pretty nice on defense in general yeah so we got that yeah i'll I'll go to know if trey plays Mm -hmm. because we are going to need rebounding for both of those teams yep for sure but yeah um next week in the Bulls will host Fan Jam. And that will be at the United Center from 11 to 4. Bulls Entertainment all throughout the day, as well as a open practice. Um, tickets are free. Not sure if there are any more. Because <laughs> I don't see the get tickets button down here. Yeah, they sold out quick, and I know they re-released more tickets, and I know they were slowly trickling back in. Are either of you all going? Yes. Yes. Thanks for the invite. I text in the group chat, Justin, come to Fan Jam. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't sound like an invite. That sounds like a command. You didn't say it nicely. Justin, can you please come to Fan Jam? No. (laughs) Because there are no tickets left. Anyways. Uh, But yeah, got tickets for Fan Jam. We'll see you there. And until next time, go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Tennis game over. The horn blows. (laughs) 